Hi, I'm Jane O'Reilly, and this is Ageless. I'm 40, and my life is just getting started. I'm here to share real talk and real experiences about how to live life ageless. Nothing's off the table. You know the vibes. Let's go. Welcome back to Ageless. I'm Jane O'Reilly, and today I am joined by Peter Canova, a spiritual philosopher, linguist, historian, and author of the award-winning First Souls Trilogy Spiritual Fiction Series, and has contributed to the popular Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Peter is a highly successful, multilingual, international businessman who, after a series of life-changing spiritual experiences, began studying and writing on spirituality, spirituality and consciousness. He approaches the multiverse theory through the twin lenses of quantum physics and ancient spiritual wisdom in his latest nonfiction book, Quantum Spirituality, and he's here to talk about it. Peter Canova, welcome to the show. Hi, Jana. Nice to be with you. Yes, great to have you. So would love to dive into your new book. So tell me more about using the multiverse theory and through the twin lenses of quantum physics and ancient spiritual wisdom. That is just so fascinating to me. So I'm going to let you run with it right here. Well, probably the best way for me to start is to explain what quantum spirituality is. Uh, as you can judge from the title, it involves the search for reconnecting with higher consciousness through the twin lenses of quantum physics and ancient spiritual wisdom. And when I was in my early 20s, uh, I discovered that I was a very accurate medical intuitive. And that kind of led and opened the door to a bunch of other phenomena that I experienced, clairvoyance, clairaudience, premonitions, remote viewing. And being a Capricorn, I was really very curious as to how all this could happen. I wanted to understand the nuts and bolts behind what I was experiencing. And I started studying ancient spiritual traditions, and I kind of settled on the Gnostics for um, reasons that we could discuss later. And that led me eventually to looking at quantum physics, which is not that much of a stretch because both the ancient spiritual traditions and quantum science really concern themselves with matters of light, energy, and, and matter itself. So they approach these subjects through different doors, but they lead really to the same conclusions as what I've seen from my research in all of these different fields of quantum physics, spiritual wisdom, psychology, neurophysiology, and uh, various things that I cover in the book. So quantum spirituality really is a kind of roadmap for people to ex attain extraordinary experiences with higher consciousness. And like any good map, you want to have different coordinates like <clears throat> north, south, east, west, or latitude and longitude. And the coordinates that I use are uh, these various disciplines that we, we just discussed. That is so fascinating to me. And I know Capricorns very well. So when you said that, I was like, yes, I get it. I know exactly who you are. Um, <laughs> so when, where can we find your book? Yeah, it's, uh, you can find it pretty much on any online book site. Uh, it's also available in, in uh, bookstores, uh, some bookstores anyway, but, um, you can also go to my website, petercanova.com. It's P E T E R C A N O V A.com. You can uh, access uh, the sites where the book is available through there. And it also has a wealth of information on that site. It's a portal to my podcast, also called Quantum Spirituality. And it has uh, good background information and videos 
on uh, quantum spirituality and the trilogy that you mentioned, the First Souls trilogy, which won 25 national and international book awards. And the trilogy uh, is actually, the themes of the trilogy are actually based on the research that is in the book Quantum Spirituality. So they kind of all tie in together. Well, everybody go get that because it's, I've been on the site and it is very dynamic and you have a lot there and so much fascinating information. So thank you so much for that. Um, would love to go a little bit deeper into, you know, your spiritual sp experiences. So after a series of life-changing spiritual experiences that you've had, um, why did you start studying and writing? You know, I really had a, I guess what you'd call a light bulb moment when I had these experiences. And I had this overwhelming sense one night. It was one single night that probably changed the course of my entire life. And I had a vision, I guess you would call it, dream, a vision. It's kind of hard to distinguish one or the other. And I just experienced this very bright, white light, this opalescent white flooding me. I know it sounds maybe a little bit cliched, but that's exactly what happened. And I had this really overwhelming sense of everything being connected, everything in creation being connected. And it actually really, I think, stemmed from the questions that I was having with my experiences. So for instance, when I was a medical intuitive, you know, how on earth can I know so accurately what's going on in somebody else's body or even somebody else's mind, there has to be some connection between us at some unseen level in order for that to occur because I wasn't connected to them by fiber optics or, or any other mechanical means. So there had, you know, it, it, to me, I, it, I had, we had to be in some kind of a matrix together that we don't really detect but nonetheless, it's there. And it's kind of interesting because in quantum physics itself, there's a phenomena that directly addresses this. It's called quantum entanglement. And it's the phenomena where two particles can be literally hundreds of millions of light years apart, but they react instantaneously. So it would be, let's say there's a version of Jaina on Earth and a version of Jaina on Mars, and I pinch the Jaina on Earth, the Jaina on Mars says, ouch, right away at the speed of light instantaneously. That is a well-known phenomenon in quantum physics. And that has led quantum scientists to speculate on the same thing that I experienced in my vision, which is that we are all part of one interconnected field. And that these unseen energies, this unseen energy, which I believe is really consciousness, uh, is the glue that binds us all together at these unseen dimensions, at these unseen levels. I agree, too, that we we are all connected and we are one. Um, what about parallel universes? I know that you touch on that, so I would love to dive into that. Yeah, well, uh, both the Gnostics and quantum physics basically describe parallel universes. The, the reality or the, the reality or in, in quantum physics is, I guess it's the theoretical reality, but in, uh, in the spiritual vision of the Gnostics, they actually visited these parallel dimensions. And they brought back incredible information from them. So 
where there isn't just one reality, which is physical reality. That's the way we see it from our own myopic standpoint, because we're operating off of a very limited vision of consciousness here. And we tend to think that what we can detect with the five senses is reality. But in all truth, our dimension of existence is probably the bottom rung of a ladder uh, of many other dimensions of existence that interpenetrate ours and do influence ours in, in various subtle ways. But uh, the uh, quantum science has, has uh, really um, thought of these parallel universes in order to explain our reality. Because when you, get into, when you get very deeply into quantum physics, it's very hard to understand physical reality in a vacuum, in and of itself, as if it's a singular existence. You almost have to look at unseen dimensions or forces in order to understand the in you know the, the the whole existence of our physical dimension especially at the quantum level and of course everything we see at the macro level is built off of these subatomic particles and in, in, in quantum phenomena it's a little over my head but i'm following <laughs> um so what is our reality really Okay, let me go back because if you don't understand it, I want to make sure that the listeners understand. So let me uh, let me get more specific and let me talk about it from the standpoint of how the Gnostic mystics viewed things. And it all has to do with consciousness. Okay. okay. The, the Gnostics and really almost all the ancient spiritual traditions from the Hindus all the way to the, the Druids of the British Isles had certain common beliefs. And one of them was that Everything is the product and stems from a single source consciousness. You can call it God. You can call it the Supreme Being. You can call it anything you want. The names don't matter. It's all the same thing. And this consciousness projected itself out into other points of consciousness. Now, why did this happen? Well, when you think about it for a second, if you have an entity, a being that is everything, that represents everything, then how does it experience anything? It, it can be, it can exist, but it can't really experience because it exists in a, in a, in a static state. O the only way that experience can be had is through contrasts. And contrast means there, have to, there has to be more than one point other than yourself in order to contrast too. So this consciousness projected itself out into other points of consciousness. And in Christian lore or Judeo-Christian lore, you can call them, you know, spiritual beings, angels, whatever. The Gnostics call them aeons, A-E-O-N-S, which means eternities. And what they really were, I mean, you can think of them as people if it's helpful to you, you know, to, to do that. But what they really were, were um, dimensions of a spiritual vibration, conscious dimensions of spiritual vibration. And each of these dimensions typified some aspect of the source. So in the ancient texts, these new spiritual beings were called truth, justice, love, mercy, wisdom. They were, they were archetypes, basically. They were like, just like Jungian archetypes of the high ideals that even motivate us down here in this world. The, the, the archetypes is something that a lot of people may be familiar with um, through psychology and, and uh, philosophy. So anyway, um, basically, the, the parallel dimensions from the Gnostic standpoint were these different differing vibrations of consciousness. Now, the, the parallel universes of quantum science 
um, you know, are, are, are similar. But it's, it's important to think of parallel dimensions, not so much as space, as, as, spatial, as spatial relations. Think of them as vibrations. Think of them as frequencies, differing frequencies. So just like in a radio, radio broadcast, you can have multiple frequencies, each of them expressing a different radio station, each of them expressing a different notion or idea. This is, this is how the Gnostics and, and to a large extent quantum science visualizes parallel universes. So there can be, for instance, uh, other universes where a jaina exists in a, a, a more subtle state, in a higher vibration or a higher frequency. And in fact, some people think that when we dream or when we start to have awakened consciousness, the first consciousness that we experience is our own higher selves vibrating at a different level. You know, so um, like I say, we're probably the bottom of the ladder here, which are spiritual beings having a material experience. But, you know, there's a there's a whole layer of other things on top of us. I love what you said about um, where spiritual beings have a, having a material experience. And I believe that as well. And I do have these feelings that, you know, when I'm dreaming, my spirit leaves my body and has this astral experience and then comes back to me. I I believe that, and maybe I could be wrong, but I've heard others talk about that too. And it's such an exciting, really cool experience to have. Well, we are multidimensional beings operating in a multiverse. So I firmly believe there's many iterations of us that you know exist in these varying um, varying dimensions. I don't. I don't think we're just you know one single thing. I don't think we're just one single consciousness. I think we're the product of. Well, you know, let me put it this way. I think we dreamed our way into this existence, and there's a dreamer out there somewhere vibrating at a higher level. And you know, it's kind of like um, if or if you remember the old Star Trek series where they had a holodeck and the crew used to go there for recreation, and the holodeck was essentially an immersive holographic experience, and the crew members used to project themselves right into the action of the holodeck to the point where it was almost indistinguishable from the reality that they came from, okay? I think it's very similar to the way the, the world operates. I think we are the programmers of our own existence and we got lost in our own creation. We forgot we were the programmers and now we think we're the actors in the creation. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And so I guess back to my other question is, so what really is our reality? What is our reality? There is no one reality. I think our, I think our, re, I think our reality is multiple stages of consciousness that are seeking experience at different levels of existence. I believe the whole motivation and purpose of spirit starting from the source. And you remember, we talked about the source being a singular being, but no experience. It was a static condition. I believe it's the desire of that source to project itself out into all forms of experience and including even experience in a physical body, which is very contradictory to um, what you would think of as spiritual energy, which is, you know, being being in a solidified uh, body in a, in, in a material world. So I think the whole purpose of existence is spirit seeking experience in all its facets throughout the multiverse. I agree with that too, like leading with the spirit, 
100%. Um, well, let's talk about the overlap between theory, theoretical physics and ancient Gnostic wisdom. I know you've already touched on this, but I just wanted to go a little deeper into that. Yeah. Well, I think um, it's important to understand, to answer that question, the, the whole Gnostic creation story, which really essentially is a quantum physics textbook, if you really understand what it's saying. And there was uh, the central Gnostic creation story is that you recall, I said that the source projected itself out into these various other points of consciousness, and they were called wisdom, justice, truth, mercy, and everything. It, yes. Instead of the Gnostic text, that the youngest of these spiritual beings was called wisdom. And in Greek, that's Sophia. So the text used the name Sophia, but the English translation would be wisdom. So how does wisdom get wise? Well, it only happens through experience. It's experience that makes, make, makes wisdom. So Sophia decided that she wanted to break out of this sort of static existence of, of uh, working in harmony with the will of the source. And she wanted to have individual experience on her own. So she projects herself into something that is outside the spiritual realm called chaos. Now, right away, we start using quantum terms because chaos theory is, is much a part of quantum physics. But chaos essentially is the unorganized potential, the, the potential that was left untouched by the source of, of the area of things that could become, of the area of things that could be, that was left random and left unorganized. So she projects herself into chaos. And we find in chaos, lo and behold, it's not empty. It's not a vacuum, but it's populated with these things called proto-matter, okay? Now, this is very indicative. Using the term proto-matter is a very scientific term because what it means is virtual particles. Science has found that there's no vacuums, that the, all the space, space is seething with these virtual particles, particles that have not yet become physical, but have the potential to become physical. So, Sophia plunges into chaos, and she is surrounded by the, this proto-matter, by these, by these virtual particles. They swarm to her and engulf her like iron filings would swarm onto a magnet. And something very extraordinary happens. She starts, her high energy activates the proto-matter, and they start to become matter, and she starts to lose her high energy and merge into the matter itself. It's the matter energy conversion that Einstein's E equals MC squared described. And Sophia cries out in the heavens, save me from this matter. I am becoming as lead. Save me. I am, be I am being subversed into matter. Now, right here, we have some very significant parallels to quantum physics. Number one, Sophia was one of these parallel dimensions. So right away, the Gnostics have already described parallel dimensions. Number two, Sophia goes into chaos, which is a scientific term to talk about areas that are, you know, supposedly in a vacuum. Number three, the virtual particles, the protomatter. Okay, it's an exact description of the virtual particles that um, was described in quantum science. And what what quantum science, and I know. I know this is a little difficult. It's a dense stuff to follow. But basically what quantum science is saying is there are no such thing in reality as particles or matter. What there is is a giant energy field called the quantum field. So essentially, Sophia has plunged herself into the quantum field. 
and activated these virtual particles in the quantum field to the point where they become matter. Now, this is a description of something called the God particle. You may have heard this term, the God particle. It was um, actually confirmed back in 2012. It's been in a number of Dan Brown's books. I think it was in the movie Angels and Demons. They, they spoke about the God, God particle was kind of a, a central theme in, in, in that movie, in that book. And the God, what the God particle is, is that our universe is surrounded by a field called the Higgs field. And when energy enters into our universe, and, and incidentally, scientists don't know what energy is. They can manipulate it, but they don't know where it comes from and they don't know where it is. So energy enters into our field. And in the Higgs field, there are these things called Higgs bosons. And they, they're like sort of like particles that attach themselves to the energy fields and slow the energy down, slow the vibration of the energy down to the point where it becomes matter because that's what matter is. Matter is energy vibrating at a very low level. That's what Einstein's equals MC squared has told us. So really when Sophia enters into the chaos of the quantum field and she's surrounded by these particles and they slow her energy down and they become matter, this is an exact description of the God particle that was described in quantum physics. I mean, almost a precise description of it. Okay, then finally, this new state of matter that was created could not coexist within the spiritual realm. It could not coexist with a higher vibration of spiritual energy. So the Gnostic texts say that it was projected and expelled apart in a great explosion and, and it became a new dimension. That's the Big Bang. That's what the Big Bang is. The Big Bang is the appearance of something from nothing. It's the appearance of the physical world from virtually nothing that we can see. So you can see these tremendous um, overlaps between the Gnostic creation story and the major theories of modern quantum physics. There's many more things that I could tell you about, but I don't want to tear your hair out. I know that's, it's so much newness for me today. I, I'm taken back to my the last physics class, which was in high school. And so I, I'm really enjoying this conversation. I'm learning so much. Um, and I love the blend of physics and science with spiritual world. I, yeah. I, I love the blend of the two. So how can we harness the power of quantum spirituality to transform our world on both an individual and a collective level? Well, I think that's the really important thing. And the structure of the book, Quantum Spirituality, gives people tremendous amount of information about the operation of the universe and the origins of consciousness. But then it funnels down into how you can involve this in your own spiritual growth and practice. And I think the first thing to understand, and let's go, let's go back to the Gnostics in this instance, and let's compare the Gnostics to Christianity so we can have a context to understand your question. The Judeo-Christian view of human beings in the creation is that this supreme being kind of formed humans out of the dust of the earth, like these little wind-up dolls. And then, you know, we're, we're bouncing around this insane asylum here and really knowing, you know, what, what our purpose is. And oh, by the way, we pissed off the Supreme being through original sin and we're forever working to try and get back in his good graces. Okay. That is the sort of lowly view of the creation of humanity that most of us grew up with. The Gnostics, who incidentally were the original Christians before they were suppressed by the Orthodox Catholic Church, the Gnostics says, no, it's not that way that this projection, we were not creations, we were emanations. And the difference is, if you take, say, Geppetto, who made Pinocchio, 
Pinocchio is the creation, Geppetto was the creator, but the Gnostics said, no, that's not the way it works. The way it works is that we are actually projections of the essence of the source consciousness itself. You, you recall, I said it projected these spiritual points of consciousness. Well, that projection of spiritual consciousness kept going on down the line, culminating with spiritual consciousness in human form, in material forms. Okay. So if you want to think of it as a power grid where you have the source, you have the source. Uh, of the power. And then it has uh, uh, the grid system where it uh, has transducers that ramp down the energy and then it's distributed through relays, uh, through relays and so forth. Well, we are those relays. We are part of that conscious network. We're, we're like the relay system that keeps furthering creation down by our own, uh, our own conscious efforts. Now, the, the, the big difference is here that, um, you know, we're not the same as the source consciousness. The parts are not equal to the sum of the whole. Uh, in this case, we had to have a limitation of consciousness in order to have the sense of individuality, a sense of, a sense of individual experience. Because if we didn't have limited consciousness and we had the same consciousness as the source, we wouldn't be individuals. We'd just become part of the source. So that, lim you know, limitation is the price you pay for individuality. And um, basically, what does that mean? What that means is the old new age, um, you know, cliche, and I don't go for too much that's new age, but the old new age cliche, cliche about being co-creators is true. However, there are conditions to that. To the extent that you don't awaken to the consciousness within you, the co-creation is diluted and random and you know doesn't really seem to very often materialize or benefit your life. However, to the extent that you can awaken and have these experiences with extraordinary consciousness, which is what I'm trying to help people to do with this book, that is when you start to gain more control over your life. That's when you move out of the basement and you move up to the penthouse and you can start to see the operations of reality, the operations of creation. And you can start to exert some more control over your own individual life and, um, you know, hopefully help others. So look, for me, uh, I'm an international businessman. Okay. But <laughs> I took a big step backwards from that, left a lot of money on the table and started to write books and started to talk about consciousness around the country and everything else. Uh, I took a huge chunk of my time, you know, to do that. And, um, it, it, why would I do something like that? I mean, I don't need the money. It's not money. It's, it's, it's something that I realized that was such a reality and it changed me so much that I wanted to help other people have those experiences and get to that frame of mind where they could have that connection with consciousness uh, like the Gnostics had uh, who brought back this incredible information that predated quantum physics. That was all a result of them mind journeying into these other dimensions and bringing back that information to this one in order to help clarify the way the, the world works and the way the world operates so that we can see reality through, you know, the true lenses, not through the um, illusions of the material world. So really that, that's, that's kind of really what it's all about. And I talk in the book about, um, different factors that help promote meditation, you know, meditation that is going to pay off with, 
um, meaningful results because there are things that you have to consider in meditation, uh, visualization, imagination, desire, uh, the use of emotion. These are all factors um, to what I call active meditation as opposed to passive meditation. But these are things that you can use to take the information in quantum spirituality and then incorporate them into your own spiritual practice. And that's when you get to the point where you start opening doors of consciousness. Well, first off, I think we all want to be in that penthouse you referred to. <laughs> and I love that you brought up acts of service because I feel like when we are of service, that is the reward. So good on you for taking a step back from what you were doing in the business world and really being of service to everybody and and bringing this to awareness. And I just thank you for that. This has been such a rewarding podcast for me and my audience. And this is, I just really thank you for coming on the show today and sharing your wealth of knowledge. And everybody go buy the book, Quantum Spirituality. And where again is the best place to go to find more information on you? Well, you can go to Amazon or any of the, you know, Barnes and Noble, any of those sites to buy the book. But the, the best way to find the information on me and my body of work is at peterconova.com. That's P-E-T-E-R-C-A-N-O-V-A.com. Uh, there's also a portal there to my uh, podcast, Quantum Spirituality, the same name as the book. Um, it's also, uh, you can also access the um, trilogy, which, you know, it's interesting. People um, relate to different things. So the first effort I had at talking about consciousness was through doing a fictional trilogy and it's very entertaining it's won 25 national and international awards including best book series and it's really a geopolitical spiritual thriller uh starting off with a book called pope annalisa about an african nun who becomes the first female pope at a time when america and iran are about to go into nuclear war and it's uh, uh or you can go straight to quantum spirituality which is really the 35 or four years of research that went into the making of the fictional uh, trilogy. But anyway, all of that is available on the website along with some videos and other, um, you know, I think useful information that people can find. So uh, hopefully they'll check it out. Absolutely. And I just thank you again for coming on the show today. And just check out peterconova.com where you'll get, it's a great website with a wealth of information. And again, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you, Jana. It's nice to be with you. Yes. Thank you. And everything is going to go in the show notes as well. So if you have any questions on anything that we've talked about today, um, it will be in the show notes. So check it out. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Ageless. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Tune in next week for a new episode. 